0: Hi, my name is Sam Connon, and this is Out of Bounds. My name is Sam Connon. I'm the sports editor of the Daily Bruin, and uh, this is episode four of Out of Bounds, the Daily Bruin Sports Podcast. Today, I'm joined again by co-host Ryan Smith, who's a Daily Bruin senior staffer, former sports editor. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm good. And then I'm also joined by uh, guest host Jacqueline Dwanzik, assistant sports editor. Jacqueline, how you doing? Great. <laughs> excited to be on the show? I'm so excited. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so today uh, we're going to talk UCLA men's basketball, uh, sweep against the Washington schools, a uh, tight one in overtime against Wazoo on Thursday, and another comeback against uh, UW on Saturday. We'll talk about those uh, implications headed into the postseason maybe. Uh, then women's basketball had a had a home split. They played uh Oregon top ten team uh and lost to them, but then came back and beat Oregon State in overtime. Uh we'll get everyone's thoughts on that. And then uh UCLA Beach volleyball, two-time reigning champions. They're getting their season started this weekend. Uh so we'll make sure to talk about all those today. Uh starting off of men's basketball though, uh, we we're saying that they had the, those two wins. Now they're definitely still up there uh, contending for a buy in the Pac-12 tournament. Still technically in the running for a one seed with a few games left on the slate. Uh, Ryan, I'll start with your thoughts. What do you think from
1: uh, what you saw this weekend from UCLA? Um, I, I really think it was just kind of a continuation of what we talked about last week. Um, this team, when it, when it plays to its identity, it can beat any team in its conference. I think it can beat... Uh, plenty of the, the schools in the other power conferences. I, I think this team it, it has bought into what, what Cronin is teaching them. You're seeing them defend at an extremely high level and they know if they can keep their opponent under that 70 point mark, they, they've got a chance to win every game. It was nice to see them pull off a win um, against Washington State despite giving up 83 points. That's the first time they've won all year when they've given up more than 70. But um, I think they just they're all bought in. And uh, we'll see how long they can keep this uh, momentum going.
0: And Jacqueline, are you you were there with me on Thursday covering the Washington State game? What, what were your main takeaways from that game specifically?
2: Cody Riley was so good that game, <laughs> and I think that's something that they've been missing before this weekend. Just having like Jalen Hill in there, but not really having a solid like number two guy like down low. And I think Cody Riley stepping up with. I think it was 11 points in overtime, that was huge, and also just actually playing defense and being involved in every play was really big.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I think Mick Cronin, towards the beginning of conference play, tried experimenting with lineups that had Cody Riley and Jalen Hill in there at the same time, but it wasn't really working out, and if Cody Riley can do what he did against Washington State on Thursday, then those lineups will definitely work a lot better. You can use size to your advantage a little bit more. You don't have to have one big man going back and forth on both, both blocks, uh, kind of like like picking up way too many fouls, which was what was happening earlier in the season. And now if you get both those guys going at a at a decent rate, then that's really how things can go in your favor down low. Uh, and then in the second half against Washington state, the three point shooting definitely, uh, picked up a bit too. That was huge because I think UCLA started one of 13 in the first half and then they turned it around, shot above fifty percent in the second half, so that was definitely huge too. David Singleton on Saturday in uh, Washington, he was he hit a couple of threes. I don't know, Ryan, what do you think about this team's three point shooting? It's definitely a little streaky. You have the designated three point specialists in Singleton and Kyman, but just overall, how how important do you think shooting is for this team?
1: Well, this team obviously isn't go- isn't going to score a lot of points in general, so anytime it can hit its threes. Um, that's going to be a big plus. Obviously, you have David Singleton, Jake Kime, and those guys are going hit, to hit their threes every game. But it's when guys like Chris Smith and Tiger Campbell are making their threes when uh, this team does become dangerous because it does defend at such a high level most nights. And if you let them score, they're going to have a good chance to beat you on any given night.
0: So, Jacqueline, the, uh, the Washington State and Washington games both needed second-half comebacks. Uh, what do you think about how the how they kind of strung those together? What kind of stood out to you on that front?
2: Yeah, I think they played defense a lot better, which is something Nick's been talking about since the beginning of the season, and it hasn't really shown until the past few games. I also think, um, I think Jalen Hill and Cody Riley were both in foul trouble against Washington on Saturday, and actually rotating them in and out for that reason kind of worked better than putting them both in together, and I think that was big down the stretch. Um,
0: yeah, I. I... It's literally the second week in a row that I have made a horrible mistake on the show. Because two weeks ago, I uh, what was it. I said that they 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 weren't going to be able to to beat better teams or something <laughs> like that, beat ranked teams. And and then last week on the show, I said that uh, they wouldn't be able to come back. They would only be able to hold leads and win tight games. But against Washington State and Washington, they put together a pretty good comeback. So that's definitely good to see heading down uh, down the stretch you got the Mountain teams coming up this week on the road. That'll be tough because Colorado's a ranked team. Uh, Utah on the road's always tough. They're, they have 10 wins at home this year. Uh, and then you also have next week the Arizonas. You're hosting them. You split last time on the road. Hopefully that means you can sweep at home. But uh, USC on the road to end the season. But it is definitely a winding down Pac-12 play uh, regular season. Uh, the Pac-12 tournament is going to be really important. This team, I think, is kind of past the point where they can make the NCAA tournament just because of those losses to Fullerton, Hofstra, UNC ended up being a really bad loss. Um, but still, if this team can run the table, <laughs> then I think they they make a case for themselves. If not as a tournament team, then as a solid team with a lot of growth across the season. Um So that's pretty much it for UCLA men's basketball. They'll be on the road starting Thursday. That takes us to UCLA women's basketball, which last Friday lost to Oregon. They kind of started putting up a fight at the end of it, but in the middle was starting to look like a blowout for a bit. Uh, But then they come back, put a a nice third quarter comeback against Oregon State, end up winning that one in overtime. Jacqueline, I know you were there for for both games. Uh, What were the kind of biggest moments uh like the biggest things you took away from those two games
2: yeah so against oregon um which is the number three team in the country by the way and has a lot of the best players in the country i think they have like three players on the finalist list for the john wooden award and they went up 22 to 8 in the first quarter and so ucla actually did outscore oregon in the second half but they were just in so deep that it just wasn't going to happen Um, I think the biggest difference from Friday to Monday was Charisma Osborne, who she went 0 of 8 from 3 and 3 of 14 from the field against Oregon on Friday, and then came back and had a career-high 22 points on Monday. So her putting up points for the Bruins is really big because they need another score in addition to Michaela Onionway and Steen.
0: Yeah, I think Charisma definitely contributed against Oregon State really well. I I agree. Kiara Jefferson, though, only had five points against Oregon State, but those were <laughs> really important points. Uh, she had the three that I think finally gave them the lead uh, or at least made it a close game. It was a five-point game at the half. UCLA was down, but then Oregon State kind of started to pull away with it. It's a 14-point game. Then all of a sudden UCLA started hitting their threes, and because of uh, Kiara, because of charisma, that, that definitely uh, came to fruition a little bit. That was That was definitely really nice
2: yeah coach Corey Close after the game was so happy about Jefferson she said she pulled her in the locker room after and was just saying thank you for you know being willing to come in not necessarily playing a lot but coming in and stepping up when you do and you're right that was like part of the third quarter they scored I think 27 points which is more than they scored in the first half so that quarter was definitely like a big turnaround it was also Japri Steen, she logged a career-high 12 assists which is kind of insane in that game and she also hit 22 points to help the scoring.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, t- hearing what Corey said about Kiara, that's definitely really interesting because the the main thing this team has going for it is its depth and like Corey's av- uh, ability to kind of mix up lineups and use different players down the stretch depending on the game. I mean, you had uh, Natalie Cho who was super important against USC in that overtime game, uh, hitting the buzzer beater and everything, uh, but then. Uh, against Oregon State, which was a close game, ended up going to overtime. Uh, she didn't play too much in the fourth quarter overtime. Maybe only had one shift in there, uh, but Kiara was playing more than usual. So it's definitely interesting to to see her kind of play around with lineups in these close games. Uh, I don't know, Ryan. What do you what do you think about this team's depth and how it could help it moving into the postseason?
1: This team has a lot of depth, and I think anytime you have that, it's going to work in your favor. Obviously, Corey's never really been one. To dig too far into her beat into into a bench as 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 long as I've been here, but you know against a team that's as good as Oregon or, not, or another powerhouse, um, it's just good to have that healthy rotation, keep your players fresh. You don't want Michaela to have to play 38 minutes. It'd be nice if you know she can play 32, 33. She's fresh, and anytime you have that, it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Coach Corey's really been managing your lineups really well, managing rotations. That's been good. Uh, only four games left in the regular season here for UCLA women's basketball. Uh, the Pac-12 tournament's coming up in Vegas. Uh, Jacqueline, I know you're uh, you're going to that. You are looking forward to it?
2: I'm so looking forward to it, Sam.
0: Awesome. Uh, for, first time in Vegas?
2: Yes, it is my first time in Vegas. I'm a little scared, but <laughs> mainly excited.
0: Nice, good to know. And um, UCLA women's basketball, uh, they'll play on the road Friday at Washington State. Uh, and then, yeah, that's about all we have on them. UCLA beach volleyball, they start this weekend, though. Jacqueline, I know you were on the beat last year, uh, really invested in the team. You went to the national championships in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Can you talk about kind of what the expectations are for the team this season after you know losing a few players but still being reigning champs?
2: Yeah, it's kind of a loaded question because anytime a team wins back-to-back national championships, like, the bar is there, but also how realistic is it to win three in a row? I don't really know. In beach volleyball may be more realistic than other sports just because it is a relatively new sport. The national championship only started five, six years ago. So... I think the bar is high. They've got a really good recruiting class of freshmen, so they've got three coming in, and they also just announced the signing of a graduate transfer who's good, but they did graduate five seniors last year, all of whom started almost every single match, so you basically have half a lineup that needs to be filled with underclassmen coming in.
0: And I I don't know what Stein did last year uh, with kind of like rotating what pairs are playing on which courts, but do you think it's kind of going to be an adjustment period with a lot of new players here at the beginning, like a lot more experimenting than usual?
2: Yeah, I think so, because as much as he did rotate last year, it was mainly the bottom two to three courts, whereas the McNamara twins who just graduated and now they're doing Olympic qualifications for Team Canada, they've been the court one pair since their freshman year. So that's four years of not having to worry about finding anyone new for court one. And then same with Sarah Sponsel and Lily Justine, who were the court two pair every game. So basically you have one and a half spots there because Sarah graduated. So that's going to be really interesting to see if he moves someone up with Lily on court one, maybe Savvy Simo or Abby Van Winkle, who were both on courts three and four. Or if he's going to bring up uh, the freshman pair from, I think, Florida that played together in high school and just have them kind of establish themselves in that court one position going for the next four years, similar to how he did it with the Twins.
0: Okay, and uh, who would you say would be the one person or pair that you think is is kind of going to be the, the breakout this year, the breakout stars?
2: It's hard to say because I haven't seen any of the freshmen play. I'm hoping one of the freshman pairs is really good. I also think Lily Justine, again, holding down that two spot with Sarah last year, if she can maybe team up with Savvy Simo, I think they'd be a very, very solid pair. And then you also have Megan Murray, who played in the national championship two years ago but kind of got ousted from the lineup last year Um, she could come back in and be really big as a junior this year
0: all right uh good to know what's their their schedule looking like for this weekend
2: so they're just they're playing thursday they're hosting lmu that's going to be at mapes beach which is their brand new courts at sunset rec so if you haven't seen those you should go check them out before they only had two courts so every match took three flights basically and now they have three courts so they can play only two flights which is very exciting they will also be hosting the pac 12 championship down the stretch so that's going to be in april but uh that'll be cool for people to be able to come out to sunset and enjoy that
0: yeah it's uh, definitely going to be an interesting season this year uh we got a, a good team of writers on there we got michael waldman zoe willoughby lexi grimes on the beat uh looking forward to the the coverage they do this season and uh yeah it all starts this week This is normally where we'd have the user submitted questions part, the Q&A part, but I forgot to ask for more last week, so that's on me. Uh, Nothing this week on that front, but uh, if you're listening, please uh, send in your questions for next week's show. Uh, You can send them in whenever. You can tweet them at at myself, uh, SamConanDB, or Ryan, Ryan RyanSmithDB. You can email any of us. Find any of our contact info. We're happy to answer anything UCLA sports.
2: Can I submit a user question?
0: Yes, Jacqueline, you can. Go ahead.
2: So in the beginning of the season, Jack Perez, another assistant sports editor, had a hot take that UCLA men's basketball would win the Pac-12 tournament. Ooh. Do we think that the men's team or the women's team has a better chance of winning the tournament?
1: I have an answer for this question. And before (laughs) I say my answer to this question, I will say that the UCLA women's basketball team has a much better chance of winning the national championship. But I think the men's team actually has a better chance of winning the Pac-12 championship because Oregon just seems to be the thorn in the side for women's basketball. They just can't seem to get over that hump. They've lost six out of seven to that school over the last three three seasons. And the men's team, there really isn't anyone in the Pac-12 that should scare them if they're playing the way they have been playing. Jacqueline you were nodding in agreement I'm curious to see your
0: take on this. I
2: agree because in the beginning when Jack wrote that I was appalled that he would say something like that because at the time the Bruins were doing horribly in non-conference play like so bad and now I kind of think he might be right and I'm stressed.
0: Wait Jacqueline uh can you because that that prediction by Jack was made in a Battle of the Editors is yes. kind like, like a column style blurb kind of thing that we do at Daily Bruin. Jacqueline, can you remind us what what your prediction was?
2: <laughs> Women's basketball would go undefeated in packed ball play.
0: Undefeated? <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that be something? So, okay. I guess they only have two losses, right? Or uh, two or three? three. Have three. They have, they have three losses, so
2: you know, you know it was a hot take.
0: Yeah, it was it was hot takes only. So uh, we're we're okay with that. I just wanted full transparency.
2: Well, I'm here admitting I'm wrong. Okay. okay. You didn't have to attack me like that. Okay. No, no I, was I was just
0: wondering. I was just getting your take <laughs> on what it. What do you think, um, Mr. Sports Editor? <laughs> I would say that i I'll, I'll disagree with you guys. Just for the sake of disagreeing <laughs> yes. because women's basketball is the better team. Like Ryan said, it probably has a better chance at a national championship. Uh, it'll definitely be hard. It's not like they are favorites for a national championship, but they beat Stanford a few weeks ago. They beat Oregon on the road last season. So they have been a thorn in the side, like you were saying, Ryan, but at the same time, it's not impossible. It is really dependent on seeding. Like if, if they end up getting the, uh, the four seed, and they have to go through Stanford and Oregon uh, in order to win the Pac-12 tournament, I think that's where they're kind of going to be ruled out. But generally, uh, I think they're a more talented team, or at least in the like context of their own conference, than, than men's basketball. Men's basketball has won 7 out of 9. They're really hot right now, and I think when you're a defensive team like, like they are, uh, neutral site games are, are pretty good. Uh, it's not going to hurt you too much. But at the same time, I think that Oregon men's basketball is basically unbeatable. Uh, Not from any other team, but just I don't think UCLA can beat Oregon. Um, Any other team, I think UCLA has a pretty good chance, but I would say that women's basketball has a better chance to beat Oregon or Stanford than men's basketball does to beat Oregon. So it all depends on seating for both teams. I will
1: say this too about... uh the women's team uh if you want to ignore recent history with their ma- with their matchups against Oregon i mean if you watched the game um, last week you know Oregon shot the lights out for the first three quarters and UCLA couldn't buy an open basket so i mean if you if you watched it and saw how it all played out that was a game UCLA could have stolen i mean it ended 80 to 66 so it doesn't look great on the scoreboard but it is a game they could have stolen, and you know if they can clean it up, um, Oregon's definitely a team they can beat. But again, recent history just tells us to uh, be scared of that.
0: Yep, understandable. Uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, both teams would be making trips to Vegas in a couple weeks. Uh, it'll definitely be an interesting time. The end of the quarter here at UCLA. A lot of a lot of people being. Pretty busy, but I should definitely watch both those teams on their postseason trips uh, because it'll definitely be interesting to watch. But then just before we wrap up here, I want to touch a little bit on UCLA Baseball, uh, who started with a sweep over Riverside this weekend. Uh, And at the time of recording for this, uh, we're recording Tuesday morning, they have another game against LMU tonight. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. They went undefeated in Tuesday games last year. So if things carry over, then maybe they'll uh they'll pull this one out uh I know Friday was a little bit uh close for comfort they were down for a bit Zach Petway started off hot but then uh a lot of home run that kind of put him back down two 0 wasn't great but I don't know what you guys uh think of the baseball team this weekend if you watched any of it or followed any of it anyone stand out to you guys
2: I did not watch any of the games
0: oh no, no
2: but i think that on friday there was a freshman who batted in the winning run is that i believe his name is jt schwartz and so that's pretty cool if you already have some freshmen coming up big um in clutch situations <laughs> complete gamble here
0: <laughs> yeah he is a red
2: freshman okay yeah second baseman first yeah. baseman yeah
0: yeah, uh, J.T. Schwartz, uh, yep. he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, definitely was a, a surprise because he did not do much at all last year because, I mean, he redshirted, wasn't really on the field a lot. But, I mean, there's a lot of new faces in the lineup, which uh, it's definitely going to be fun to watch. Ryan, I know you'll make it out to some baseball games eventually, right? I will, 100%. Uh, yeah, so I think the, the one of the bigger standouts is Matt McClain. Uh, he came in last year uh, as He's a starter right off the bat because he was a first round pick in the MLB draft coming out of high school, picked UCLA over the D backs. Didn't have the greatest year last year, kind of moving around the field. And I think this year he's really going to settle in. He, I think, went uh, seven hits on total at bats this weekend, two home runs already showing that he has a lot more power than he did last year, a lot more consistency. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I know it was uh Jared Tay, Assistant Sports Editor, and Ty O'Kalen. Uh they they were covering the games this weekend and then they got Will Foote and Marcus Veal on the beat too. So keep an eye out for them. Follow them on Twitter. We're gonna have a lot of good coverage this year. I'm gonna try to make it up to as many games as I can. But yeah, that's that's about it on the UCLA baseball front. So that'll be just about it for episode four of Out of Bounds. Uh, Jacqueline, thanks for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me, Sam. It's such an honor to be here.
0: Wow, it means a lot. <laughs> Ryan, thanks again for coming. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's about it. Make sure you send in any user-submitted questions. Find Ryan and I or Daily Brew in Sports or Jacqueline anywhere send those in if you can thanks again to omar saeed uh who's a podcast editor at the daily Bruin, for helping us get this uh all turned out this week the past few weeks Uh, it's been an interesting process him helping us out it's been good so thanks for listening and uh see you next week